welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Think Factory podcast, where business decision makers share their insights on innovation opportunities and challenges in their respective industries. Today, we have as our guest, Chris Borghese, business development expert. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome, Maureen. Thanks so much for asking me to participate. I'd like to be respectful of your time, but I was wondering if you can tell me how did you get started on your journey? You know, most people want to be doctors, engineers, architects, whatever. I can't imagine you woke up as a child and thought, I want to be a business development expert. Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I mean, I, I mean, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So <laughs> it's, it's a great question. But um, I, I, you know, the only thing I could think of is just the way that um, my career trajectory uh, proceeded was that I spent a number of years working on a, a trading desk, um, you know, and in working on a trading desk, you know, there's millions of dollars changing hands, you know, you know, moment to moment, and you had, you know, you had a number of different, you know, investors, you know, traders, brokers, etc., you know, investing on behalf of uh, for themselves and for their clients. So you had to be very specific. So there's no mistakes being made, right? And you had to be very short and you had to be very quick because there's an old saying, right? The market waits for no one, right? So um, that very succinct, direct, I guess, way of speaking, you know, you know, day in, day out to, you know, various numbers of people. Um, it wasn't like having a conversation, you know, with like a friend or a family member. There was no, hi, how are you, Joe? Or hi, how are you, you know, Susan? Uh, you know, how's your day going? Yeah, I have, you know, 500,000 shares of, you know, IBM or Boeing, you know, that, that I would like to purchase today. Um, in that little colloquial phrase that I just shared with you, I mean, there would be like probably, you know, dozens uh, or if not hundreds of trades done in that time frame. You know, wow. so that type of communication would never work in that industry. Um, and, and just to kind of give you a visual, um, you probably remember the movie Trading Places with um, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, right? Yeah. Right. Funny movie. Um, well, those traders that were actually, you know, exchanging tickets and making notes and screaming and shouting and doing hand signals, you know, that's kind of the kind of trading that I'm talking about, right? So it's kind of kinetic, it's frantic, you have to be very direct, right? And even and you're not necessarily exchanging, you know, uh, you know, like simple phrases or like sharing people's names, but, you know, you are communicating very effectively and very succinctly and at a rapid pace, right? So when though that open outcry type of trading where there was a lot of communication back and forth and people were talking and interacting and you have numerous conversations going on at once, right, working on numerous, you know, you know transactions, once uh, with the onset of digital trading, right, and algorithms and trading software that made things more efficient, you know, the, the human element was taken out of trading for the most part, almost like 85 to 95%. Yeah. So, so when that transition or that paradigm shift took place within the industry, you know, then I went into um, sell, working for a FinTech company or a financial technology company that, you know, created software that supported and uh, the, the tr actual trading and the operational reporting 
you know, of the trades that were being transacted by software, by servers, right, by computers via OC3s and like, you know, nanoseconds, right? So the same communication, that same direct language, right? Troubleshooting, identifying an issue, right? Looking to support the trading, keep the trading flowing, right? Like it all kind of, it all resonated, right? With executives that were involved in both, you know, technology, operations and trading itself. So, um, and thereafter, um, I got involved in commercial real estate and it seemed that that same succinct, direct way of communicating also resonated with the C-suite uh, and business decision makers of Fortune 500, middle market companies, public and private companies, because you're talking about communicating with executives you know, that are, are so busy, they have no, no time at all. Definitely. So how do you benchmark your success today versus five to seven to 10 years from now? There's actually two elements of success that are here. You know, one is, you know, that, that, um, that, that interaction, the communication, in a very frenetic, you know, fast-paced environment where there's millions of dollars changing hands. And then the other side of it is, is that, you know, the other component of, of the success of, of my, my communication style with business decision makers is with the onset of email and social media and LinkedIn and texting and PDFs and webinars and PowerPoints, et cetera, nobody, it seems to me anyway, and I hear this from other, other sales and marketing executives, people are very reluctant to pick up the phone and actually make a phone call. <laughs> so when I actually do get a business decision maker on the phone, they kind of welcome the conversation. And given, you know, my very succinct, very direct style, um, I, you know, I try to make an uh, almost immediate rapport, you know, present my value proposition or prop the value proposition of one of my partners. And um, it seems to work. And then, you know, the, and then that dialogue, you know, the, the business decision maker or the person in the C-suite decides to move that conversation forward. And then, you know, we'll bring in other stakeholders. And um, now we have a real business dialogue. And that's, and that, and that's really, um, in a nutshell, how I got here, you know, how I started and what makes what I do, you know, so successful for myself and for others. It sounds like being succinct is almost like a superpower. It's part, it's part of the formula to success. So for me to present a value proposition within 60 seconds or less and to persuade them to say yes, right, and agree that, hey, you know, this might benefit my company or this might benefit, you know, our short-term or long-term business objective in some way, you know, for me, that's how I would benchmark success. You know, you know, you know, the odds are, you know, if, um, you know, I speak to, you know, 100 executives, I want at least, you know, 75 to 85 of those executives to say yes, right? Or, you know, to put it in a, in a smaller context, if I speak to, you know, 10 executives, you know, I want to get a posit some positive feedback or a positive response uh, from at least seven of those executives. You know, well, you know, it's, well, it's funny, right? So when you think about percentages, right, like the best to use a, a baseball analogy, um, the best you know hitters in baseball they bat 300, right? You rarely ever see someone winning the batting title batting you know 400%, right? Meaning that they get up at bat and four times out of ten they get a hit. It rarely ever happens, 
Um, the numbers that I'm able to, the number, you know, based on, on my averages, um, my numbers are double those of the best hitters in baseball. Wow. <laughs> right. So, so for me uh, on a consistent, you know, week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, year over year basis, if I could speak to 10 executives and I get seven exec, seven executives to um, agree with me or say yes, or I persuade them to move forward with myself or a partner uh, on the initiative that you know I'm discussing with them or the value add that I'm discussing with them, then for me, you know, that's how I measure my success. And even if it's five out of 10, right, that's still I'm batting 500, right? I'm still better than, you know, Ted Williams, Rod Carew, and, you know, any of the, you know, the best of the best in the major league, so. Wow. That's really compelling. So about all of that, what keeps you up at night? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, but given like the, um, the, the short term nature of what I look to accomplish each day, uh, you know, I look to connect with as many executives as I can on a daily basis. And when I connect with them, I get it, you know, you know, get them to say yes and persuade them to continue the dialogue. Right you know, for the, for the purpose of, you know, mutually benefiting, you know, their business, my partner's businesses, you know, myself. Um, and then at the end of the day, I mean, there's nothing more to keep, there's nothing that really keeps me up at night. Um, then I wake up in the morning and, you know, I plan for the next day, right? And I look to connect with more executives. So I, 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 sleep, I sleep pretty easily. I sleep pretty well. So, you know, my conversations, it's not like, um, you know, I'm doing PowerPoint presentations. I'm not, I'm being very respectful of executives time and, you know, what I typically do, you know, takes place in 60 seconds or less. So it's almost like I, I view it as, and, and I hope that the, um, the executives that I, and, you know, executives, friends, professional acquaintances that I connect with, I almost hope that they view it as, you know, a 45 second to 60 second vacation in their day because they're not expecting me to call. And when they, when they pick up the phone, you know, they don't know what to expect. And, you know, like I said, given, you know, my, uh, you know, five to six to seven out of 10 positive responses, you know, I, I, I kind of get the sense that they do look at it as a, you know, a 60 second vacation in their day. Great. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you'd like to share with the Think Factory podcast listeners or your peers? Uh, the only thing I could say is, you know, uh, you know, great, you know, great salespeople or business development executives, you know, or business development people, right? They're not uh, they're not born. Right. They're made, you know, through hard work and following, you know, a, a pattern or a formula to success. So for any other any, any of my fellow uh, you know, sales and marketing executives out there or people who aspire to be sales and marketing executives at the highest level, um, you know, just keep working at it. You know, learn as much as you can from various different sources and always be true to yourself and, uh, you know, make the tools and, you know, you know what you learn and techniques that you may learn or hear about or see online or in webinars or seminars, you know, make it your own and uh, develop your own style and stay true to it. Perfect. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. And we're looking forward to having you again. That sounds great, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me.